0: talk about it
1: hi everyone welcome to thick radio gaming podcast where we take a deep dive into gainer culture and everything in orbit i'm james
0: and i'm tim let's get into it Today we're joined by a special guest, you know them, you'll love them, it's Kiyoki. Hey!
2: Hey baby, how you doing? I'm good.
1: Uh, it's so good to see you, thank you for joining us and being our very first guest.
2: It's good, I'm excited, I'm happy to be here, I'm really excited to see where this goes, Like, this is going to be amazing, and I feel like this is exactly like what this community really needs, Is like... Just some kind of like you know uniformity in like what we're trying to do and like how this community can be better, so I'm just really excited
1: oh, thank you so much for that i it's been a humbling process, even from the jump of announcing it, the working on it process, just the people we were talking to yourself included of course, just is this a good idea? what do you think like can we do something with this and people's attitude has been so positive and it really feels like now is the right time for this. So Mm -hmm. bitch, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) I completely echo what James said. You know, I was really overwhelmed by the support uh, for this idea. And uh, I have to mention too, that I'm still very touched by the support that I got for my first like initial run with a podcast doing the gaining perspective, what positive feedback I got for that. Um, I've told James many times, I'm just one well-meaning idiot that wants to uh, try to spread some positivity. So, and uh, I didn't realize, uh, I, I don't think either of us realized how much the community really needed this right now. So it's yeah. awesome to actually get this going.
2: I think with everything happening last year, I think it just really like kind of reiterated the fact that we really needed something like this.
1: Mm. No you definitely. know what I mean? Like, absolutely everyone's stuck at home so we don't even have yeah. romoffs or other social events we don't even have like friends that we might have made in person that we can actually just go and see and kiki with we have a website other forums that we normally talk to people on and we have social interaction online which is taxing at the best of times yeah <laughs> but like a year and a half now for some of us into this shit it's just yeah so
0: <laughs> I love how you said taxing at the best of times because it's toxic at the worst of times, which right. is great because
2: that's exactly what we're talking about today.
1: Kyoki, our guest, what has been your experiences so far with toxicity in the community?
2: Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, I feel like we've all kind of found ourselves on both sides of that fence. You know, like we have to, you know, sometimes our emotions get the better of us and like, you know, we just kind of get lost in, our emotions and like what what's really happening. And then it's like, you know, the opposite side of that, it's like, you know, you are keeping yourself in check and it's like, it's constant work. It's constant effort, you know? And, you know, you're learning, you're growing, you're doing things. Um, so I feel like, like my experience with being, you know, in like toxic environments, you know, like it kind of like, when people kind of come off as like cold or rude or whatever, you know, it's like, am I reading into this too much? Or like, maybe this is like, you know, just like, whatever. It's just like them, their personality, you know, it's just how they're portraying themselves or whatever. So it's like, I might like, I'm, I find myself constantly thinking if I'm like overthinking about something like this or like reading too far into it, or maybe, you know, like at what point does it really become toxic? Because just having a shitty attitude is having a shitty attitude. Mm. But, you know, when you are going out of your way to like damage somebody's mental health, like that's when, you know, that's exactly when it becomes a huge problem.
1: Absolutely, definitely. Tim, what do you?
2: <laughs> I actually think that's a really good working
0: definition of toxic behavior is when the words that you choose, the attitude that you're putting out there is actually affecting the mental and emotional state of mm-hmm. someone else. And this is something that no one is immune from. I mean, yes, I'm a little bit older than I think both of you. But, um, you know, and I've I've been exposed to plenty of toxic behavior over the years. And uh, it still affects me. You know, it's not something that I think ever goes away. Sometimes you learn tips and tricks to ignore it or get past it. But I mean, if you're being bombarded with it, which it seems like a lot of gainers are being bombarded with it right now, it's hard to deal with.
1: Mm, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's probably going to sound like the, the fat nerd in me, but like toxicity makes me think of toxic, which is a move that you can use in Pokemon. It's a poison type move. And literally what it does is it affects your enemy so that they're wounded a little bit, but every single turn, they lose a little bit more health and there are things you can do to cure it, etc. But if it's left unchecked, that, Everyone will faint and they will be out for the rest of the battle. And I think that's a very good concept behind what Toxic yeah. actually does do to us as people. It doesn't necessarily hit like the most painful or obvious thing a lot of the time, but sometimes... It really is something that just like embeds itself into our emotional state, our spiritual state, our mental state. And y- eventually you just find yourself sprawled out on the bed, looking at the ceiling going, why did I wake up today? Yeah. And it's all because some bitch made some comment <laughs> and it just got to you, you know, and maybe we look past it because it doesn't seem like an obvious thing, but Maybe that's our challenge to be more aware of those moments. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. (laughs) You're just nodding at me like, wow. (laughs) I'm just, my brain is going to this door like blue situation. That's completely unrelated, but yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, What is it? Silence of the Lambs? Only in the United States would
0: something like that happen. Not just once,
1: but yeah. Oh my God. Uh Truly, though, like, I hear some stories, and I just sit here, and I'm like, America, are y'all okay? No, no. Every,
0: yeah, every time something really idiotic winds up in the news, I always <laughs> think of Eddie Izzard, because he's one of my favorite comedians, and he said, like, in one of his stand-up acts, he's like, we're all over here in Europe looking at you guys like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Truly, though it, it, it happens more often than you think i think it comes on the local news and it's just like yes in the united states today and i just brace myself going in the united states today what did they like what now did they just legalize like just putting babies in blenders because it's like the newest health trend like what what is it what is it what is it now america what what do you, what do you want <laughs> what it's
2: is- like a constant state of like one upping something else
1: the, the constant, oh, you thought that was it? Hold my, <laughs> except in America, hold my Bud Light half of minus 1% beer that's literally just grain water because we're terrified of alcohol and fat content.
0: I have this theory that America's got such a Napoleon complex because America is like the only country where it's like dick is sticking out always. It's like if you think of Florida as its dick, like its <laughs> dick is always out. So it's mm-hmm. always got something to prove.
1: So that means that all the gross people in Florida are literally just smeg. <laughs> they are. I mean,
2: as smeg. a as a former Floridian, I can attest to this.
1: Ah! <laughs> oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> Recovered Floridian, I should say.
1: Recovered Floridian, I love that. Is there a rehabilitation program for Floridians?
2: Uh, leather bars, whiskey, and fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you know what? That actually sounds like a fucking fantastic night out, and I cannot wait. <laughs> For a night out. I know,
2: it's going to be incredible when we're all able to, like, go back and, like, be alive again, in a sense, you know?
1: And, you know, it's funny, we're, we're having this cool little tête-à-tête about how we want the world to go back to being. We're all wanting to go out drinking and having fun in, like, gay nightclubs and stuff, but there's toxicity even in the gay community.
0: Oh, my God, yes.
1: Like, yeah. as, a, as an Australian living in England, I am an immigrant... I know a lot of people like to try and say expat. I find that word extremely classist, racist, problematic because you find that people of color are always called immigrants, but white people are expats.
2: No, I have a question. Like, I feel like a lot of Americans will fetishize people that have accents or, you know, like just will fetishize anybody that's not from here. Right. Right like has that ever like is that something that you've gone through before
1: i mean it's certainly a point of intrigue a lot of people go oh i was australian oh my god you know and (laughs) i and i say wait wait i've got it i've got this good day mate and i just imagine that they're on the other end just coming bucket loads going oh (laughs) you know i i assume that that's how it works but like the odd inferences don't really bother me. I I think it's fun. Like, I like people wanting to engage in my culture, even if they have a hard dick for it. Like, have a hard dick for my culture. You know, do like, you I-
0: ever, do you ever, though, like, do you ever have someone who's just like really socially inept and like douchey and is like trying to do your accent back to you? Like, oh, you're Australian. Okay, well, good night, mate. Throw another <laughs> shrimp on the bobby. I love Crocodile Dundee. <laughs>
1: first of all i love that <laughs> i actually love terrible accents it's kind of like part of my love for camp queens my camp drag queens like i i love it when it's done well but i also love it when it's done fucking bad i think it's incredible and i also just love people making an effort <laughs> <laughs> to me i'm like do it again <laughs> like i'll even give pointers where i'm like the the sound you're trying to conquer there is no 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 (laughs) you know like i think it's funny i mean there are probably other people who get weird about it but if there is anything that i would say is offensive i think it's the whole when people try to assume that antipodean types australians new zealanders people from polynesia even people from like south africa usually like where people just try to lump us into one category, like we come from the one place, we have one culture, Mm. you know, our indigenous people, you know, they're all just shoot offs of each other when they're not, you know, they have such different languages. We all have different accents and cultures and vibes. Like it's more that than anything else. It's the eradication of the nuances more so than anything else. Yeah. But what about you guys? Like Kiyoki, you are deliciously melanated I would envision, you know, just to put the concept out there, that perhaps you might have experienced fetishizations on on that level. Would that be a correct assumption?
2: Um, yeah. It, it's happened. I mean, like, more so now that I've been... Because I used to kind of, like, just give to myself and, like, the Gainer community, like, uh, you know, and then it's like, you know, well, obviously, once you start blowing up, it's like, you know everybody's trying to talk to you everyone's got something to say and it's just like i at the same time want to just share myself and just have fun like that's really all it is like i don't want to engage too far into anything to where it's becoming now like an obligation Mm. but i think the thing that bothers me the most is like when people are like oh like i love latinos and it's like fun fact the people that say that they love latinos generally can't handle latino like stereotypical behaviors like fiery you know um and so it's like i mean that's just for me like cuz i tend to be a little bit sassy and witty and i feel like a lot of people are like kind of put off by that but sometimes i feel like it's just humor but um you know it's like i can't even i i can't speak spanish so I don't know how that works for me, like as a Latino person, like you want, you, you have this idea of like this version of a Latino person and I'm basically white with just a cute facade. I actually find that like more people are intrigued at the the part of me being Hawaiian, like my other half, like the other half of me being Hawaiian, people are like more intrigued by that. So you're part Polynesian then? Yeah, essentially yeah work diva love
1: that
2: so do you connect then with that polynesian side of yourself or is that i actually like i have been exploring all of that like in quarantine like over the last few you know like the last year or so like i've been really wanting to get in touch with that part of me you know because i feel like uh i think part of it for me was the realization when they were trying to you know, have Puerto Rico become, like, another state or whatever. I don't really know exactly the details on that. But, like, it kind of almost instantly, like, made me upset because I'm like, wow, like, look what happened to the Hawaiian people. Like, you know, we became part of the United States at one point and then our culture is suddenly, like, heavily diminished. You know, it's like, it's either become whitewashed or, you know, it's just become kind of like a like a joke, you know, like a,
0: yeah, I mean, it's really screwed up. I mean, when you, when you look into the history of how Hawaii was stolen from, you know, it was a sovereign nation before mm-hmm. it was yeah. annexed by the United States. And it took the princess of Hawaii going to the president at the time and begging for her people, you know, to to make them citizens and to give them the right to own property and the right to vote. And the the white landowners, like you know, the Dole family. Which there's some controversy over whether or not Dole actually helped or hindered the whole process. But you know, th- those were the, the the white people in power who did not want the natives to have any control <laughs> over their own destiny. And yeah, it's a really screwed up <laughs> story. Um, so they actually made a really good movie <laughs> about it uh, called uh, Princess Kaiulani.
1: <clears throat> I heard that i must put that on my
2: viewing list i just felt like i just felt like a you know like a some kind of like level of tragedy with my connection to puerto rico and like my connection to hawaii it's like i just didn't really want to see it like kind of happen all over again yeah especially like it's we're in such a modern time where we could be doing so much better um you know and like not helping puerto rico after what was it an earthquake or hurricane Uh, the hurricane hurricane maria Like that was, that was a huge issue for me. Like, you know, it's like, i be like, I feel like, you know, I fall under like indigenous people, you know what I mean? Like, and when the pipeline thing was going on, you know, years ago or still, I don't really keep up with stuff. I can only handle so much mentally, you know? So it's like, I just see like so many people in pain and it's just like, how how long is this gonna go on before somebody stops it like yeah. at what capacity is it gonna you know it needs to stop like this kind of this is the behavior it's like definitely- toxicity has become such a like normal type of like ingrained like you said like it's just so embedded
1: mm
0: it's become normalized uh, yeah. it's been it's become perfectly acceptable to walk up to a total stranger and tell them that you don't like them and list all these reasons why you don't like them and then try to take things away from them it it was it's not that it wasn't there before it's just that before 2016 <laughs> it was not considered polite conversation mm. society still had some civility to it and people you know, it was the old adage of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. But then people in power began saying whatever the hell they wanted with no consequences. They were not held accountable and that made it perfectly acceptable for the general public to do it.
2: So when that was all like, you know, 2017, 2018 goes by, we're developing cancel culture at that point. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um. Now, I get weird with like the whole term with cancel culture, because I feel like people are like, I yes people need to be held accountable for their behaviors. Like, you know, I was talking about Marilyn Manson the other day and I had said, you know, we can't be supporting people that are going to be like that. Like point blank. Like they don't, they don't, they don't deserve to have a platform.
1: Something that, I was also thinking of in relation to, you know, you said there's so much that's going on, how do we even process it all? It's the concept of bandwidth. Like Tim, you and I were talking about this just the other day. Maybe something we need to do as people is acknowledge publicly what is our bandwidth, meaning how much emotional energy do I have to spare on everything else today? If you're someone with high bandwidth, Maybe you're someone who, if you're having a down a day and you need to talk to someone, talk to the person with the high energy bandwidth, because that person can take your shit today. That person could hold you, share that load with you and help lift you up. Right. But someone with a low energy bandwidth, do not go to that person (laughs) and talk about how I'm really struggling today and I need someone. I'm not that person today. No, 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 no. X. (laughs) I mean,
2: even furthermore, like being like an empath, like sometimes it's really hard for me to like, you know, talk, talk to people about their problems because then it's, I feel like I'm like absorbing it in a way. Yeah. And then like, like, it'll just be a little seed and it just finds its way in there and just plants itself. And then I'm like the next three days, I'm going to be thinking about this. And so like, it's renting head in my space now. Yeah. Renting space in my head. What did I? <laughs> I think
1: it's the same thing. I do that so all cool. the time. When things oh. live in your head, rent free. So that it's not paying, rent, it's just taking up space and being there for shits and giggles. Gen Z be coming out the gate right now. They're like, I'm 15, I don't have a sexuality, and I am ready to fucking cut Donald Trump's dick off. They are just, like, ready to, like, punch their grandma in the tits for racist comments. They are ready to, like, literally set fire to buildings. Like, I look at Gen Z and I'm
2: like... I love the energy, but... <laughs> What? <laughs> we love that energy, but like we need to like box it up for right now. It's fine. We can edit at that out. That's fine. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, I was saying like Gen z's like that whole like, oh fuck it, like I'm just gonna go, go, go. And it's like you really have barely any knowledge of like In life history, problems,
1: maybe. That, <laughs> they they haven't been affected enough by life's bullshit to like lose that sense of zeal yet. So I'm like, listen kids, you were eating tide Pods for a minute and I was a little concerned. <laughs>
0: You what out, okay. was that about? What was that about? You know, every time I see one of these horror stories about teenagers drinking purell or eating tide pots i was like, whatever happened to raiding your parents' liquor cabinet? Yep. Whatever happened to that? I mean, you know, I pulled some stupid shit as a teenager when I was in high school. Like, I got day drunk a couple of times, but oh I never once looked at a tide pod and said, "Hmm, let's see what happens." Or I never looked at the bottle of hand sanitizer and said, I bet that's pure alcohol.
1: Now, mind (laughs) you, I used to work in healthcare and I think I've told you this story already. I worked in a healthcare organization where we would send nurses out to clients' homes because I was dealing with clients who like lived at home and had like nursing support and stuff. One day a nurse came back and she had just like her arms full of like hand sanitizer and all this kind of alcohol cleaning products. And we were all like, what is going on? She looked very flustered and very much not okay. And when she finally went like dumped it all down and like put it all away and came over to talk to that. She was like, Mrs. Let's call her Smith. Mrs. Smith. I arrived at her house to do her dressing. And she was on her fifth bottle of hand sanitizer. Like to her lips, they were
2: emptied. She was that's, an old, that's, that's an old school alcoholic.
1: alcoholic.
0: That's an old school
2: alcoholic. I no. mean, I feel like if that, like if that were the case, like I mean, get Listerine. I mean, I feel like that's at least a little bit better. Like if it's if that just court- <laughs>
1: it gives you a minty. Multi- <laughs> <laughs> What's that one that I always hear about? Like Quaaludes? Is it yeah, like <laughs> Ny- Quaaludes?
0: Night um, you know, anything that, that contains basically the same thing that's in Benadryl will give you that drunk feeling because uh, most of those medicines contain the same thing that's in Benadryl.
1: So look, I, I love this. I want to ask you, Hioki, cause we're talking about toxicity. We're also talking about the gaining community. We've touched on it a little bit. I want to ask you what specific acts do you think toxicity looks like in the gaining community?
2: Um, I mean, like for me it's always been like <clears throat> people telling me what I need to post or whatever, or like, you know, saying like, oh, I'm not big enough, or like, you know, you don't answer my messages, blah blah blah. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just it gets kind of crazy and it's like I don't have a huge following. I think I have like a little over twelve hundred, which I mean it's a lot, but you know, like and on grammar, I have like twenty one hundred or something. So it's like at some point, like you upload a picture and then you have like 18 messages and like 50,000 fucking notifications. And uh, yes, of course, I appreciate the attention. You know, I'm not going to lie on here and say, like, I'm on Instagram. You know, I don't care about the attention. No, it's like I do like that. Like, it feels nice to be appreciated. Um, but I'm not specifically doing it for attention. Do you know what I mean?
1: totally you're sharing your journey this is these are the platforms to do it on yeah you really just want someone to edify you you don't need someone to say you make my dick hard and wet you really just kind of want someone to give you a thumbs up ruffle your hair and say you did good kid and you could be like thanks that's literally it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, Tim, you've you've been around a minute. Like, what has been your experience with like interactions <laughs> and feedback? <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyuki, was it?
2: This you said like that was a little shady. It's
0: fine. It's cute. Oh no, it's fine. I'm old and I don't care.
1: I don't care. <laughs> now now she knows she's old, but you want to know what's shady. The amount of times in conversations Tim will be like, Do you remember when we were young? And I'm like, We? I mean, you're only
0: what, you're a decade younger than I am
1: yes that's true i mean and and to be fair like i would argue even within that like there is still a lot of overlap with like childhood experiences i feel like i'm also very ageless as a person like i'm actually 28 but i don't know like i i kick it and kick it with people of all age brackets but
2: yeah i think i'm the same way i mean i'm turning 30 this year so it's kind of like holy shit like my knees could give out at any fucking moment but that's all downhill from here girl I hope not. I'm just. I. I mean. I'm. I'm. I got vitamins and stuff, and I'm trying to like, you know, take better care of myself. Because I'll be walking
0: around work and be like, oh my back hurting. Ooh, my knees is hurting. Oh damn, my feet are killing
1: me." I've noticed <laughs> that ever since lockdown, I've become that person who I have to get up, but I can't get up unless I go. Ugh! And oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Scientifically. I've looked this up. It doesn't do anything. It, it's not even a placebo effect. It's just somehow it triggers my brain. Oh, if I'm in agony in this movement, I better help this poor fat old cow onto his hooves so he can clickety-clack on with his day. Oh, but.
0: But uh, I was going to say, I kind of think that I, I maybe, maybe I approach this maybe a little bit differently than you guys might, um, because I actually don't mind being objectified. I don't mind being fetishized. Um, I do expect people to remember that I'm a human and that I have emotions and that things can still get to me. But it, for some reason it's never bothered me to be objectified. I think it's because when I was a twink, when I was in my early twenties and I was going out to dance clubs every weekend and I was around all the twinky crowd, I was largely ignored, invisible, uh, no one ever tried to ingratiate me into anything. So when I began the gaining journey and I started to get the attention, it was kind of like, well, this is all new for me, because that never happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still get instances of toxic things, like Kyoki was saying, where people will DM me, usually on Instagram now, because I don't spend a ton of time on Grammer like I used to. But on Instagram, I'll get a message like, hey, Piggy, which I've never really liked that. Uh, nickname anyway but um you know hey piggy what are you doing well i'm working are you eating well no i'm working well you should be eating well no i'm working Mm -hmm. and then you know uh criticisms about like oh you need to be bigger why aren't you eating more um and then uh, also because i think i am the smallest of the three of us on here right now because uh i am large enough to get attention but I'm not large enough to get the kind of attention that say like Kiyoki gets or another like really sort of well-known gainer on Grommer gets because I'm not on the bigger sizes. My belly is round and it's reasonably large, but it's not on the level of some other gainers. Yeah. And I will get compared to like, oh, you should, you, you know, you should try to be like anerology. You should try to be like, just as an example, like that's what people will say, oh, this is what you should be aspiring to. It just gets into your head, man. Like I was yeah. at one point like weighing myself every day and getting disappointed that the scale wasn't going up. Cause I don't gain weight easily. Yeah. And I realized what I was doing to myself. I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this?
2: Yeah, Why am I, I sitting here obsessing over it? And that's why honestly like taking breaks, like I understand like, you know, people have like issues about like, Oh, you know, this isn't an airport. You don't have to make it a, de- a proclamation for your departure. Like I get it, but it's like, you know, from my standpoint, it's, like, I do care, you know, like, I care about the people that I have gotten close with, you know, on Instagram and Gromer. Um But, like, with the, with the issue with, like, should there be, like, gainer pronouns at this point? Like, that's, sh- like, should that even be a thing? Like,
1: gainer pronouns, like, gainer,
2: encourage
1: a, that kind of stuff. No,
2: I mean, like if you don't want to be addressed as piggy, like, you know what I mean? Like just,
1: oh, I see. Well, I mean, I, I would also argue people shouldn't be just jumping- around. They shouldn't be assuming, you know, like, yeah. yes, the old adage is assuming makes an ass out of you and me, but like, it's true. Like you should not assume that someone is going to consent to something that you haven't already agreed on, you know, like this can almost come under the concept of like people having issues with just communicating. Like, it's, it's kind of like a rule number one. Like, if you want to get to know someone and you want to have some kind of a connection, right? Like, that's the goal. Even if the connection is sex, that's still a connection. So, why are you going into this, like, trying to slap this dude in the face with your, like, sloppy dick, like, uh, piggy? Like, you don't know. You don't know. And you, you straight up don't. Like the amount of instances I've had where I'm just sitting there and I have to correct a dude and he's like, well, you're not being any fun. It's not my job to be fun for you right now, mate. Yeah. Did you, you haven't even said hi. Like you clearly don't care. Like there are, th- there's a myriad, a myriad of issues, but what I'm appreciating so far in this conversation, we've said, so there's things on bandwidth, declaring bandwidth is good, taking breaks, I think is good and i also think declaring is good i was wondering do you guys think
0: uh because the bulk of this is happening on a social media platform of some kind because you know like we said we're in a pandemic right now so everyone has to be home and everyone's attached to their phones going on their uh instagrams and their twitters their grammar apps that the fact that we're all so detached from one another makes it that much easier to be this troll behind a keyboard. Oh, um, you know yeah. when you don't when you don't have to see the effect of what you've said or done, it just kind of I feel like does that open the door to just be like, well, it doesn't matter because this is just an image on a screen to me. This yeah, is, I don't have to see this as a person.
2: I definitely, I definitely completely agree with all of that. Honestly, because. Like, how you were saying, like, there was a time where I had felt invisible in the gay community, and I was like, oh, fuck, like, I really don't think I have a place to, like, fit in here. And uh, turns out, obviously, like, I was looking in all the wrong places. Um, I find Brahmer and I'm like, this is me, this is what I want to be, like, this is my lifestyle. And um, it's just, it just kind of, it just kind of really sucks to see, like, an already marginalized group of people just kind of double down on it you know it just it's disheartening and I, you know like sometimes I even still feel invisible like even have it like you know just seeing all these notifications and all these like nice messages from people it still feels like I can be this invisible person mm-hmm. because I'm not having any it doesn't there's there's like a huge lack of like just genuine kind of like vibes you know what I mean like yeah I mean, does uh, if that does, if that makes any sense? Like it does. It does.
1: So here's here's a question. Then you say genuine vibes. What does genuine look like to you? What does genuine feel like to you in terms of connections with people on an online basis? Because I would imagine online is very difficult because. You can read a person as much as you want based on how they text, but it's, and even right now, you and I, we, all of us, we have a sense of who each other is based on what we can see and what we can hear, but it's not until you meet someone in person that you really sit around and go, that's the truth of the person that we're trying to get to.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: with all of that considered, <coughs> hey, sorry, all, cough. <laughs> it's all good. With all of that considered, what does genuine online interaction look and feel like to you?
2: To me, I feel like it's definitely like if you're asking me things outside of the gainer lifestyle, like if you're, you know, asking, you know, how I'm doing, you know, like, cause you know, I had said some stuff cause I had like lost a friend of mine. And so like, it was a really rough period for me this last few weeks. And, you know, I've, I've been managing really, really well. And like, I do have a lot of people that, that do care, that do ask me like how I'm doing. Um, some people like I've, I've actually like reconnected with, and it's been, it's been really enjoyable. And like, you know, I feel like when you, if you say like, oh, like, you know, like I've missed you. There's that kind of genuine kind of like behavior, I guess. Like, cause again, like, you know, I do miss people. Everyone misses someone, you know? Yeah, but you know like i felt like i got close to who i got close with in like you know the gaining community and like i feel like maybe that's i don't know it's i don't think i've ever he- heard anyone talk about it but i feel like it's we have little clicks obviously mm. um you got the little nerdy one you know all of it uh and then i'm like i felt like i was off on my own thing because i'm like oh i like cooking and i like poetry and like i've never connected with anybody on either of those things
1: just now here's a point to that you put up recently on your instagram you were like you guys i do this poetry stuff i haven't really shared it before because i assumed that no one would be into it and first of all i clicked obviously yes i'm interested but Girl, it was a hundred percent interest. The people who follow you, the people who engage were percent yeah. keen to hear and see what you have to say and do. Yeah, and
2: I was I was honestly really surprised by that because like I thought, you know, people were gonna be like, no, there's like this just needs to be gaining stuff, like there's no room for anything else.
0: I have to admit, I'm jealous that you got 100% yes on uh, I got, you know, there asking... was like
2: three people. There was three, three. people that said no, but...
0: Because I still get no's too on some things that kind of surprised me. I had posted, like, I used to be wanting to get into special effects makeup. And, like, I've yeah. done some experimentation with it. I've created some interesting looks. And I said, you know, would anyone be interested in seeing me post yeah. this to the stories? Is like some of the things I've created or maybe even do... A tutorial if I want to go that far and of course I got overwhelmingly yes some of the no's actually surprised me though Mm -hmm. like people I would think like okay so you're not interested at all in that like are you do you seriously just want me to keep showing off my belly and that's the only thing you care
1: about it's definitely interesting like I've I've been a guilty party of the whole why do we have to talk about anything in the gaining community that isn't about gaining? Like I come (laughs) here and this is my escape and blah, 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 blah. But I also acknowledge that at at least in that moment definitely came from like an obsessive privilege. It came from this moment of all I present of myself to this community at this point is my sex. I present my body. I present my interest. Therefore I'm not engaged with people on a personal level. And it wasn't until I had that realization that I was like, oh, Right. And now I can see that there's a need for everything in the gay community. Because if you're going to make the argument that we're normal people doing a normal thing, which is just making ourselves feel good, then we have to acknowledge that we carry within the community the entire human spectrum of the good and the bad, which includes Mm -hmm. racism. It includes ableism and homophobia and sexism. It includes privilege and classism. It includes everything under the sun and even toxicity. There's that lesson in there to remind ourselves that there's so much more to what we do than just being fat. We are literally people trying to be in the world, be good.
2: I feel like it just, it kind of saddens me that we have to like constantly like remind people that like, Hey, like I, I have a life, you know, I, I do other things. Mm. i'm not just an eating machine
1: well you know let's talk about that for a moment here so kiyoki what is it you do for work
2: well prior to the apocalypse i was a florist
1: yeah so, so um, some of these there's going to be a, a, a presumed asterisk like what do you do <laughs> for fun what do you do when you go out like i'm assuming this is all before yeah
2: Covadina done hit the town
1: uh so before the apocalypse you're a florist
2: Yeah. And it's actually really funny how I got into that because it just kind of like, I literally kind of like fell into it. Like I started working there just temporarily for holiday stuff, just putting up Christmas decorations for rich people. And, you know, they, I I guess, noticed me and like being creative and like, I would, you know, I would want to take stuff home and I would post pictures and people were like, wow, like, this is really awesome. And I've always been a creative person. I thought like my creative outlet would be in a kitchen until I worked at one restaurant that was just so terrible. I mean, like, I don't know what the hell it is. Chefs and egos. I can't be bothered with that. Like you work in a kitchen, calm, calm down. <laughs> calm down.
0: Well then Gordon Ramsay wouldn't have a show.
1: <laughs> the only restaurant I, I like to refer to these days is Chili's because of that one combine. <laughs> With the kids, like, saying in the mirror, like, welcome to Chili's. Like, so I just, I just assume everything is Chili's. Did you work at a Chili's? Was it mm-hmm, a Chili's? No,
2: it was a, it was actually a, a, a pizzeria, but it was like an elevated pizza, elevated pizzeria. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> this- Artisanal
1: pizza.
0: <laughs> yes, was pizza.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Dessert pizzas. <laughs> Fucking kill it. Kill it with fire. Stop it now. Like I get a pizza. Um, I want sauce and I want pepperoni and that's it, like cheese, maybe I don't want you to fuck up my cheese make a good cheese, goddammit someone's like, a Nutella spread Jesus Christ, Susan, go
0: (laughs) that's a very US thing though honestly, if if you put artisanal in front of anything in the United States, people think, oh this is bougie
1: oh my goodness, I'm gonna move to the US and make so much (laughs) fucking money just by being like uh, it's Australian artisanal thank you what we do is we take the freshest kangaroo meat, and we slow broil it for about seventy four days, and then we like to do a salt water reduce reduction, and then we like to season it, of course, with a bit of sage. <laughs> like, does that does that send you? Does that give it to you?
0: no but there's like, a bunch of like idiot white people who would jizz their pants over, <laughs> hearing that
2: i feel like people have like an attraction or like even potentially a fetish to like pretentious things like it's just i don't know it i are not wrong there, you're not wrong
1: i feel like that's <laughs> that desire for classism it's the desire to climb do you know what i call it it's like the um the privilege pyramid right and someone made a point of this to me once like we all of us are made up of like 50 different things that are considered privileges and yes gender race sexuality money and all of that is there but then also religion you know ancestry and literally geographical location like all of those add up right and so like on the privilege pyramid you know like the more things you've got going for you the higher to the top you are And there's a point to be made that the closer you are to being apex privilege, the more likely you are to be tempted and fall into power. Which means I have privilege of being white and male, but my disadvantage is being queer. But because I'm so close to being apex human, all I have to do is forego my queerness by acting straight and having a problem with femme acting fags. All I've got to do is you know be a, have a love for the typical straight things and have straight mates. and you know i'm the cool gay i'm the gay that you can have as a mate and have a drink with because he's basically just one of the guys he's not threateningly queer in, in the slightest i want to put it out there to the pair of you what do we think are some things that we can do because the opposite of toxicity to be toxic is actually to be healing, is to be building, is to be constructing, is to be educating, is to be creating. What are some things that as individuals on an individual level, regardless of followers, regardless of clout and all of it, that we can do to try to turn the tide and actually do something good instead of being toxic or even just combating toxicity? What can we do?
2: Honestly, I feel like it's, like, kind of like what I was saying before, like, when I was wanting to share my poetry and, you know, Tim wanting to share special effects makeup, because I, I love special effects makeup. I remember I went to work one Halloween, and I had, like, a whole eyeball missing and, like, everybody freaked out about it. And um, I had such a good time doing that. And, like, you get a fucking high. Like, you get a high off that. Just that kind of, like, gratification or whatever you know, like knowing that like you just created something and like people actually love it. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't want it to stop at just me gaining or me sharing belly pictures or me being like a pizza slut. You know what I mean? So but that's for a- me, it was like, I wanted, I want people to like, see that I'm like, I'm more of, of what is on grommer. Like if you, if you want to just look at belly stuff, that's fine. Go to grommer for that. On my Instagram, I want to showcase like other things that I do. Like I love cooking. I love going to the market. I love that market probably way more than an average person. But I, I just, it, I get so much happiness like being there and like looking at all these things that I can cook, and I come up with all these ideas, and I get just, I just get you know so excited. I fangirl over food basically, that's, and um, that's beautiful that you
1: do that. Like, look at the smile on your face, viewers. <laughs> when you, when you see the video version of this, you'll see there is a smile on this bitch's face when she's talking about this motherfucking food market. So when I come visit, you're going to take me to this motherfucking food market. You want to stand me?
2: Oh my God. Yeah. There's the donut place and they have this other stuff. It's. Oh my God.
1: But that's great. Like it's the passion you have talking about that. Yeah. That's a thing. Like we need more of that. Tim, what about you? What are your thoughts?
0: Well, so what I have just been doing in my own life, uh, Is that like, I didn't ask to become a role model, but because I have somewhat of a following, because people are paying attention to what I'm saying and what I'm doing, I decided that I was going to be very hyper aware of what I put out there. You know, Um, I decided to hold myself to a particular standard. So anytime I put something on Grummer, I put something on Instagram or on Twitter uh, if it's not going to be gay related, if I'm going to offer an opinion on something, if I'm going to make a personal statement, I really scrutinize it hard. And I think, yeah. is there anything I'm saying that could be misconstrued? Is there anything that I'm saying that can be taken the wrong way? Am I being insensitive? Am I potentially being racist? Am I potentially being sexist? Am I potentially being classist in what I'm saying? Mm. I, I want people to know that I care about this community, so much because it's it's this is my tribe. Yeah. It's bad or indifferent, this is my tribe. And I don't want anyone to point at me and say that I'm part of the problem. Yeah. So I'm striving, probably over striving, to just be as positive of an influence as I possibly can. And I think if more people within our community, especially those who have a pretty significant following or are pretty popular, did the same thing it could start to turn the tide because the last thing that I want to see is people that I've made connections with, that I've built friendships with tell me, you know what? I can't handle it anymore. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta delete all this stuff and you guys won't see me ever again because we've driven our own community members away from within, from within, you know, it's not even external stuff. Most of the time it's within the community. We're driving them away.
1: Yeah, I've left so, out in the past, you know, like, and both times was because of interactions I'd have with people. And listen, maybe I was having a bad day at the time, but I remember getting messages both times and just looking at it all like, this is the straw. I am the camel and yeah. I've broken. I can't keep doing this. And, you know, th- this is now my third time being back within the community and not taking space from it. And I remember this third time really restarting myself going, I need to make the decision to fight tooth and nail to find my place here because, you know, I wouldn't keep coming back if it wasn't important to me, you know, and this is the longest sin. I've now been a part of the community and it's meant the world to me. I've made so many connections. I can't imagine not being a part of it. And the thought of there being other people who feel the same way that I've done, it really, it actually makes me tear up a bit. It makes me emotional because I think, the hurt that they must be feeling to know that this is where they belong, but that they feel intrinsically that they cannot be in it because of problems within it. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. So I think all of those points about <clears throat> sharing more authenticity beyond just the, the, the gaming specific stuff and supporting people, you know, I think something even as simple as on Instagram, there's a lot of artists emerging I love to approach an artist and be like, can you please do a commission of me? I used to look at it and be a bit like, people keep doing that. That's a bit narcissistic. But then I thought about (laughs) it. But then I thought about it. I was like, I'm actually giving money to talented gainer types to make things of me that I get to have of me. I get to celebrate me through someone else's eyes because they're creating me. They're recreating me. And then I get this beautiful piece of artwork and I go, oh my God, that's me. They made me. And I gave them money for it. They absolutely deserve it. What are they going to do with that money? Probably put it towards themselves, to their gains, to their lives, to their growth, to everything. And you begin to realize that there is so much more to helping people grow and building people up than just jerking off to picks and buying them a pizza. You begin to realize that there's so much more to building people up than just this fetish. It doesn't mean that it detracts from the fetish to take five seconds to say, how are you today? Yeah. It just means that you're being a genuine freaking person. <laughs> and it almost feels mad to have to make that point.
0: You and would it, think that that would be more of a common sense thing. But, you know, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that common sense is a, is a commodity that many people do not possess.
1: Yeah. sense ain't that common. And I also, I'm, I'm hesitant these days to even engage in the concept of common sense because, listen, we, we say common sense in mm. saying something should be obvious, but that people aren't doing it. I think the implication of common sense is that everyone should have it. But I think a lot of people don't. But I also think that the reason people don't act the way we want them to is because we don't have a community of people pulling people up on their shit. We don't have a community of people saying, The way you're acting right now is kind of foolish you need to pull your head in and
2: act a little bit better i have no problem calling someone out (laughs) but that's good we need we need more of this and listen i think there's i mean there's definitely like a constructive way to do it like you don't want to do it and like completely like obliterate somebody like i will say i have done but i've gotten older i've gotten wiser i've made conscious efforts to change, you know, I've, I've realized that like, you can't just fly off and just say whatever. Um, Sometimes emotions
0: run high. Sometimes something happens to you that triggers you. Um, Just uh, over the the fall, I think this was in October or November. No, it was in November because it was when Biden and Harris were announced as elect to um, the presidency and vice presidency. And I posted a picture to Instagram stories. Um, it was a painting of them. Like that was, I don't know who did it, but it was very pretty. And I posted it and I said, you know what? I feel like I can breathe a little bit easier now. Someone decided to message me asking me, what is, what are you talking about? So I could tell from the initial text, I was like, I don't know what that, like, it seemed a little hostile just from the what they wrote back. But I said, you know what? I'm going to take the higher ground and I'm going to try to make this a teachable moment. So, you know, I explained, well, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I was raised a Democrat. I have always voted blue. I believe that they are a better option for the future. So I explained all this and then they came back with voting doesn't have anything to do with breathing. And I was like, okay, clearly this, this, the intent is hostile. So I wrote them back, like, are you intending to mock me or not, because if you're intending to mock me, the conversation's not going to go any further. They baited me a little bit more, and it kept going back and forth. And finally, it became very clear that this person—I can't say whether or not they were a Trump voter—but it was clearly someone who wanted to antagonize me from the language they were using. Very. So insane. finally, I was like, you know what? Don't come for me. Don't come for me. I, you don't want to do that and I was like I'm not going to sit here and entertain this any further but I actually got heated about it mm. and I debated with myself I screen captured all of it but then I just before I was about to post all of this to the Instagram stories I thought okay wait if I do that am I contributing to the problem or am I just calling someone out I struggled with that I eventually decided not to post to all the screen caps but I went on Instagram live and explained myself and I explained the whole story. And I just, I decided I was not going to put this person on blast, but this was someone from within the belly fetish community.
1: You, yeah. know? you know, it's, it's almost worth even asking when, when we have those moments like that, it's like, was his ultimate goal to be put on blast? Cause some people do just antagonize because they just want to be considered. They just want to be thought of, they want to mm. be in your head. Like it's mad that some people do that. That's
2: honestly how I feel about all these people that have engaged with, you know, them writers and articles and all that stuff.
1: So I, I find these very interesting and I think we we kind of touched on this, that we were going to talk a little bit about this. So there have been for listeners, a number of articles over the years that have come out that have spoken to some extent on the concept of gaining now majority of these are written by people who have a high followership are well-known and generally speaking when the news of these articles comes back to the main feed on grummer it tends to be met with a lot of mixed reviews uh very passionately so there's tens on either side of the debate um and I think the thing we really wanted to hone in on this podcast was there was actually an article that came out after the most recent one. So it's the, ne- the now new most recent one um, written by someone who didn't have that many followers, uh, but was more like a very intense, somewhere between a love letter and a description of masculine pain. It was quite an intense read, but it was beautiful. I'm referring to the article uh, written in GQ. Uh, by the person I won't say their name. But it was a very beautiful article and it really hit home to a lot of points on where a lot of gainers struggle and what motivates a lot of us. And it was just a very, very well-written piece. And I think something that we discussed amongst, you know, everyone, of course, they chat, they sort of go, what do we think about this, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think what it really brought up to me is what people were getting upset about was actually about something else. They weren't necessarily getting upset about an article or that article. What it kind of felt like overall people were getting upset about was the concept that this is how the world was being introduced to our community was by the intent of a few and that that intent was very self-focused and not about what we're like as a people and what we do as a community. And so the yeah. thing that we need more <clears throat> of is community. We need more people talking about the community as a whole. This GQ article succeeds in that. The intent of this podcast, for God's sakes, is also an intent to achieve that by having diverse guests and people to talk about these points. But I say all this to ask, what else on an individual personal basis can we do, Kiyoki?
2: I don't go live too often but like i was i was live recently and i wanted everyone to see my best friend and you know i was met with like a lot of happy happy comments and stuff like that you know it's like he cooks for me all the time and i love that obviously Mm -hmm. and you know i just like i just wanted to share like i just wanted to share my my bestie with everybody that i've met here and and he's not even in the community but he's he knows i'm in it he accepts me for everything I feel like that's what I wanted people to see was like he knows that I'm in this community and he doesn't think I'm a terrible person he loves he loves me for for everything and I really felt like maybe that's what I wanted people to realize of the reactions that people outside of the community were going to have if that makes sense
1: yeah, definitely you wanted to share the community with someone it wasn't about them being a part of who and what we are but it's showcasing that there's so much more that connects us to everything else than just the people within itself. You know, I think gainers sometimes forget that we're not like a unique fetish in the world. We actually share borders with body positivity. We, sh- we share borders with the bear and chub chaser communities. We share borders with macro, with, with, with a lot of kink really, you know, there's a lot of gainers who love leather, who love pub stuff. Like we're not an island of, no one else could understand us but ourselves. Like, yeah, actually, very relatable. And
0: I was going to say that um, <clears throat> as far as what people can do on an individual basis, it's a tricky thing to answer because uh, for people that are willing to be out in the open about it, I would say they, you know, just keep being strong with that and and be who you are. You know, you don't have to make it all about gaining all the time because you're not one dimensional Uh, but there are people who don't feel comfortable being open about it yet it might take them some time to get there or they may never want to get there we have spoken to people before who have said that they enjoy the fact that it's more secretive they kind of like the fact that it's something that is you know not only their own but you know that there's a small enough pool that they feel like this is a warm dark safe place where i can um, to feel like I'm totally myself. So community is 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 it's all a part of being. Uh, it's diversity. It's ideas. It's creativity. It's being who you are and being genuine about it. And I think if we just stay strong in that, and we offer support to those who maybe don't want to be as out, as vocal, as present, or as you know, uh, in the view. Uh,
1: It sounds to me like you're making a point that, you know, there are those of us who are comfortable being in the public eye. There are those of us who aren't and whatever the way forward is, those of us who are maybe more visible need to make sure that we're protecting those who would rather remain invisible. Exactly. Things that we seem to be discussing really seems to point to talking to other people. And I think maybe that's the main point of it. You know, I think a lot of us have friends who we're comfortable with within the gainer community, but maybe we need to make more friends. And listen, um, if your friend group is made up of all white people, like you should diversify that <laughs> and like broaden get, your
2: horizons. Yeah, for 10, sure. 10, 10 new
1: people. Like I've been on a recent spat of following so many more people of color because, like, my Instagram I made to a point where the people that I followed were like it's basically just people that I know, and there were people of color on it, and that's not so much a problem. <laughs> but I wanted to take a step back and look at it all and be like there's still a majority of white people on here. And if I'm only following people that I know the trickle and effect of other people, it's very, very slow. So why not be more proactive? So that's my personal response to that initiative to try to follow more people, meet new people, make new friends. And you know what? It's been working. Funny that you put the effort in, you see returns on efforts. So
2: Mm, I would even say when I had seen a story, James, that you had posted saying that you wanted to share more, um you know people of colors you know artists you know all that stuff Mm. like you wanted to you wanted to boost them because you know this is that's what needs to be happening is because it's just it just breaks my heart that like we're you know i just want people to be like just remind yourself that like you know we're human we have emotions like just take a step back it's not hard before you fly off the handle and hit that send button just take a step back just just a second breathe
1: yeah taking a moment to reassess does anyone have any closing remarks
0: just spread the love spread love because love's the enemy of hate and education is the enemy of ignorance and just talk to each other you're gonna find out that you have a lot more in common and just don't be a dick you know just don't be a dick you don't have to uh, attack someone you don't have to make demands on people You know, it's not, it's not okay. Society is evolving quickly and thank God that it
1: is. So just spread the love, stop the hate. Kiyoki, thank you for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure having you. Before we
0: go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Anything that you would like to promote?
2: Yes. Just, just you two. I mean, honestly, like I'm so inspired. I love that this is what, what's going to be happening. I'm, I'm, really really looking forward to to see more of this like this is amazing thank you and thank you um you're allowing people to speak for themselves without any kind of like agenda and i love that
0: it's very (laughs) humbling and touching to hear things like that because like i said i do hold myself to a certain standard i do want to be good representation for this community so i'm glad that it's coming across. I'm really glad that it's coming across.
1: So, Kyoki, where can we find you?
2: I'm on Grommer under Porker Posey. Um, Instagram's the same, with just an underscore between Parker Porker Posey. Um, yeah. Well, look,
1: I mean, that's like a wrap it for now on Thick Radio. As always, you can find me on Grommer and Instagram at Stanum and Twitter and YouTube at Stanim G.
0: You can find me on Instagram as Thicky Mouse with an underscore between Thicky and Mouse. You can find me on Twitter also as Thicky Mouse. And you can find me on Grommer
1: as Orpheus. Fantastic. And of course, you can find out more about who we are, what we do, and what we're talking about on the pod at Thick Radio. And of course, Patreon at Thick Radio. So that's it. Until next time, bye fats. Bye. Let's talk about it. Dick Radio is a Patreon and enter app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Mixed and mastered by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Loki Two. Our theme song is provided by Bonfire Cream.